0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Red Sox review, and it starts right now. Here's your host, Joe Weil.
1: The Red Sox take down the Yankees again. They beat them eight to three at Yankee Stadium. The Sox have now won six of seven against their arch rivals in 2023. And they took the lead early in this one. They took full control in the Bronx against the Yankees and they pick up their 64th win of the season. Joe Weil with the here on Red Sox Review. If you want to chime in, 617-779- 7937. You can also text us at 37937. Again, the number, 617- 779-7937. If you want to call in after this Red Sox 8-3 victory, the Red Sox, they jumped on the Yankees early and often in the first inning. They score four runs with the first four batters. It It starts off with an Alex Verdugo single, then a Devers single, then an RBI single by Justin Turner, and then Masataka Yoshida pops one out to right center field. And just like that, the Red Sox... Jumped ahead 4 to nothing in the first inning against Johnny Brito and the Yankees with their lifeless offense, a team that just struggles to score runs. They came into tonight having been shut out in back-to-back nights. You knew you put them away early, and the Red Sox did exactly that. Then they tack on three more runs in the second inning. The top four batters in the Red Sox lineup just absolutely stellar. Alex Verdugo, Rafi Devers, Justin Turner, and Masataki Yoshida – Combined to go 11-for-18 tonight with eight RBIs. They score seven times amongst the four of them. Just an impressive effort out of those four batters. All of them have multi-hit games. And the Red Sox needing to rebound after losing two straight to the Nats. Do exactly that tonight here from the Bronx. It was a great sight to see for this Red Sox team that offensively was looking pretty sleepy in the month of August. We saw them come awake in that final game against the nationals where they put up six runs in the seventh inning, but it was all for naught because they ended up losing that game tonight. They used that offense early so that they could grab the early lead, give the Yankees no shot of coming back in this game. And yeah, Aaron judge hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth inning, but it was way too late and too little for the Yankees in this one in the Bronx as the red Sox. Now are Two and a half games back of the Blue Jays for the third wild card spot. Now the only caveat to that is that if the Mariners win tonight and they do have a two nothing lead in the bottom of the eighth inning against Houston, they will jump into that third wild card spot, and then the Red Sox would be three games back of them. All that being said, the Red Sox needed a win against their arch rivals, and they got it tonight, and you really didn't have to worry about it either. I mean, this is the state in which the Yankees are in right now. So they're 26 and 39 over their last sixty-five games. They started out the season uh by going sixty-four in uh thirty-four and twenty-three, so they started off pretty well. But for a long time, and, and this is partly because of Aaron Judge's injury woes with the toe and the fact that he was out for some time, but the reality is this is a mediocre to bad baseball team in the Yankees. Their lineup pretty much tells you that when you look at some of the guys that they have that they've been throwing out there consistently like Jake Bowers and Billy McKinney, and then the mainstays the guys that have been productive over, over the last couple of years, DJ LeMahieu Giancarlo Stanton, they're having bad seasons. The only guy that's propping them up is Aaron Judge, and even then he's pretty compromised. So the Red Sox came in to this series really needing to beat up on a Yankees team that came into it reeling. They had lost five straight. Now it's six in a row. And uh you have a chance to to put the you know the the last cough uh last nail in the coffin here for the Yankees and the Red Sox at least get off on the right foot and do that tonight. And not only that, they do it in convincing fashion. And you know the Yankees throw out this guy Johnny Brito who is a rookie, a guy that they're only having start because of the injuries that they've had in the rotation, and they just beat up on this guy really early in this one. He had 21 swings against him, only two whiffs through two and a third innings, and the Red Sox tag him for nine hits, seven runs, six of which earned. He only strikes out one in those two and a third innings, and it was pretty relentless from the get-go for the Red Sox tonight. It was just it was what they needed after what we've seen from this team this month, and the numbers kind of bear it out, you know, for what the Red Sox have done offensively on that end, 20th in OPS, 22nd in runs scored uh, on base-wise, 24th best in Major League Baseball in the month of August, and that's one reason why the pitching hasn't been great either, but I, I thought that was always the biggest reason why they were 7-8 and eight this month and-, and why they had underperformed even in the national series, we we saw the bats go quiet at times in the middle match. They lost six to two. And then despite that late output at the end in the series finale, uh, they, they showed close to nothing. And they, they faced off against Patrick Corbin in that game against the nationals on Thursday. You thought they'd beat him up. He's been one of the worst pitchers in the sport, but the Red Sox didn't do that. Fortunately, they did tonight. And Alex Verduga, you gotta give him some credit for tonight. And and he's had an up and down season. Obviously, at the beginning of the year, the guy was performing, I thought, at an all-star level, in the month of July, his production really tailed off. You talked to Joe and Will after the game about it and how he felt like uh you know he he was he was overthinking it a little bit and then I always wondered if the All-Star stuff maybe got into his head a little bit. The fact that in his mind he got snubbed and I thought he had an argument to get into the All-Star game. And then you have what happened where Alex Cora calls him out and takes him out of the lineup. Uh, It gets reported that it was because he was late. Uh, All that being said, Alex Verdugo in big moments, does perform? That's what you like about the player. He's got a clear head in those spots, and yeah, the Yankees are below five hundred. But but I it th- never matters what the other team is doing. This is always a big matchup. It's a primetime matchup. It's why it was on uh, Apple TV, despite uh, all of us having issues trying to find it anywhere. or you asking somebody for a password to use it? Or if you were at a bar earlier tonight, you couldn't, you know, I bet it was difficult to get on the TV. I wonder how many bars in Boston could even get it up there. Anyway, it's a primetime matchup. That's why I bring it up. And it doesn't matter how bad the Yankees are. You always want to show up for these moments if you're sporting a Red Sox jersey because the rivalry matters that much, even when the teams aren't performing to the caliber of what we saw, you know, like 20 years ago in 2003 and 2004. And fortunately, Alex Verdugo is one of those players that in big spots, clutch spots or in big time matchups, he does show out and perform. And I love the way he set the tone tonight, just with the double to lead things off against Brito and then... The, the Red Sox were often running at that point with what followed after that with Devers hitting a single, Turner hitting a single, and then Masataki Yoshida going deep as well. And, you know, and for Masataki Yoshida, that was also great to see him hit a home run because the Red Sox in that national series, they had him, you know, sit the first game. He came off the bench in the second game, and then he got a start in the third game. But he had been struggling a bit offensively, Coming into tonight, even with uh, you know some nice swings, and then in that national series, the overall numbers for him coming into tonight over his last eighteen games, thirteen for sixty six. And this is a guy that had been since April twentieth before the, that this eighteen game stretch, April twentieth to to before this stretch began, he had been I would say a top fifteen hitter in Major League Baseball. And that may sound like a conservative ranking, but it's pretty damn good. For, you know, you think about the totality of the sport, all the players that play. And tonight he got back to being that type of player. Now, being at Yankee Stadium, he hit a 376 feet. That helps a little bit, uh, as it did for Aaron Judge in the eighth inning on a home run that only went out at Yankee Stadium. But it's just great to see that type of player perform again because the Red Sox need his offense if they're going to make any headway trying to climb up the wild card standings and jump Seattle and Toronto to get to that third wild card spot. And with Masataki Yoshida, we know that rest helps. And he got that against the Nationals in that series. He had the day off and then he didn't play in the first game because what we had been told through Alex Cora is when they talked to his coaching staff in Japan, they said he'll show when he's tired because he doesn't quite have his legs under him. And uh they they and and he'll show signs of fatigue by pounding balls into the ground and just not hitting it the way we've seen him hit at his peak levels. And tonight he did just that. And he hits a home run in the first inning, puts the Red Sox ahead four to nothing. And uh, it gives the Red Sox a jolt just like that. And they put down a bad team early. That's what they did not do against the nationals that, it was great to see the Red Sox do tonight. If you want to chime in, 617-779-7937. And, and one thing I want to throw out there for people to chime in on is if the Red Sox sweep this series, do you feel any different about this Red Sox team and their playoff hopes moving forward? Because they have to win this series, in my mind. They have to win this series to, to keep themselves really alive, which the playoff odds, according to fan graphs coming into tonight, 1-10, in 10, but you really have to take care of business. And also I'd love to hear from everybody, you know, what you liked, what you saw from tonight from this Red Sox team. Do you think this could be a turning point for them? I I'd argue that offensively there, there might be a chance that this unlocks some stuff for them because the Red Sox this year, they've been a little streaky on that end, but for the most part, they've been a top 10 offense in major league baseball. And I like, what they can bring to the table on a nightly basis. And you know, they they kind of went a little empty after the first two innings, but hey, you put up 7 runs in the first two innings on 8 hits, you're going to take that any day of the week. And uh for the Red Sox, it was the perfect way to set the tone in this opening matchup against the New York Yankees. Let's go to the phones for the first time. Let's go to Liam in Portsmouth. Liam, you're on Red Sox Review. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's going on, Joe? Uh, before we get excited, um, and I know it's very easy to get excited, especially when they pull out a big game like this against New York, we, we do have to be realistic here. We have Crawford on the mound this, uh, tomorrow, and he has been losing his velocity over the last few games. And his timeout, um, his innings pitched has started to shorten a bit. Um But while it would be great to sweep and it would be great for the confidence of the Sox, we do have to keep in mind we have a really tough 10-game stretch ahead with a hot Houston Astros team and a hot L.A. Dodgers team. Um, So we're we're not in the clear yet, but it would definitely be great for, for confidence, the morale of the team, I Really hope they can use this series to keep these bats going uh, moving forward as they move into this tough stretch. Liam, a lot of great points there. Before before we let you go, do you think Devers is going to go deep against Cole again tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I certainly hope so. <laughs> He's got seven and thirty-seven plate appearances, so I guess you never know. Uh, but uh, no, Liam, I think you make a lot of great points. Always appreciate you chiming in, and thanks for chiming in again tonight. All right, so that was Liam in Portsmouth. I, I I agree with a lot he's saying there about what's ahead for the Red Sox. And, and in case you didn't fully understand what he was saying, you know the Red Sox have three in this series against the Yankees, already one game down, they have one win. Then they play the Houston Astros for four on the road in Houston. Then three against the Dodgers, who I mentioned in the Nissan Postgame show, and in case you missed that, They've won 11 consecutive games. Mookie Betts is having another great year, which is never a fun thing to say out loud in this region, but it's just the reality. He's putting up uh, another MVP-type year. He and Freddie Freeman are leading the way there for the Dodgers, Uh, and Kike Hernandez has actually been pretty good for the Dodgers as well since that trade, but... The the, the 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 overarching point is that they've won 11 in a row. They may be the best team in Major League Baseball in terms of uh, being the hottest team in this sport when they come into Fenway for that three-game set. It should be a very interesting three-game series between those two teams. And I think part of the intrigue coming up for that as well, and honestly, the Houston series, uh, not only the one that they're going to play in Houston, but also the one that's coming up at Fenway, What'll be interesting about this whole stretch of days in which the Red Sox are playing some really good teams coming up after the Yankees who are, you know, below 500 and the Red Sox really need to take care of business against teams like the Yankees, but they've actually performed pretty well against teams above 500. Now you don't want to keep playing them consecutively uh, because, you know, despite having a good record against teams above 500. It's still hard to beat up on those teams like you would against or you know, try to against the A's or the Kansas City Royals or the Detroit Tigers. I mean, that series or that stretch at Fenway where you played four against Kansas City, three against Detroit, you, you needed to take care of business. And I don't even think the Red Sox played like so great during that stretch. But hey, they won five out of seven games and really did what they needed to do in this series, uh, in in those two series. If you want to chime in again, 617-779-7937. We're going to take you up to 1115 here on Red Sox Review. Uh, The texts are starting to roll in uh, here uh, on Red Sox Review as well. One text saying, why didn't Cora let Whitlock finish the game but have someone up in the bullpen in case he got into trouble? Because if the Red Sox make the playoffs, you would want to have him right before the playoffs. But sorry to say that the Red Sox aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> so I like the, uh, the, the, the <laughs> for some reason, the way that read at the end was funny. But I think with Whitlock at this point, they, they probably see him as a two inning guy. When they say multi inning reliever, uh, as was indicated when the Red Sox, uh, decided they were going to bring Whitlock back as a reliever. I think two innings is what they saw out of him. And there was some good to see from Whitlock. He had five strikeouts through two innings, uh, but he does give up another home run. His 13th given up this season through 56 and uh, two thirds innings this year. So, uh, which is not ideal. And, And this is a guy that was so reliable in 2021. And you hope that just the, the, the transitioning from being a reliever to starter doesn't hurt him in the long term because he's such a useful guy to have when he's on. I mean, 2021, that'll never get out of my head how good he was that year. And frankly, in the bullpen in 2022, as he was facilitating between you know, relieving, then starting for a bit, and then he gets hurt, and then he comes back as a reliever, and then we find out after the season he wasn't even healthy. So there's a lot with Whitlock uh, that, that you'd... You'd want to have moving forward if uh, he can be healthy and stay healthy again some signs of a positive uh, some positive signs for Whitlock tonight with the five strikeouts for two innings but he does give up another home run to Aaron Judge albeit it was a Yankee Stadium cheap home run in which it only would have went out at Yankee Stadium let's go back to the phones one one more time then we're going to hit a break let's go to John in Maine John you're on Red Sox review thanks for joining us uh, thank you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I definitely was impressed with what I saw from the offense tonight. But I really think that was a carryover from last night. Uh, they could have easily folded in that game and just wrapped it up and called it a night. But they didn't. They fought back even though they didn't get the win. And, uh, you know, it's really hard to find the pulse of this team this year. Um, so you you got to watch these this 10-game stretch regardless of what you think. Going to happen with this team because you never really know. And I guess the caveat to the caveat is if uh, Houston loses to Seattle tonight, it does tighten up the race even more. It's really a four team race right now between Houston, Boston, Seattle, and Toronto. So, yeah, I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, John, that's a great point about Houston, too, because the Red Sox have an opportunity to gain some ground against them with all the games that they have coming up against them in the immediate future. Again, after this series against the Yankees, their next seven of ten games are against the Houston Astros, who came into today up six and a half games in the Red Sox. So, I mean, the Red Sox would have to do some real damage against Houston to supersede them in the standings. All that being said, a great night for the Boston Red Sox. They win 8-3 to against the New York Yankees, and they made this one a laugher early with a four-run first inning and then a three-run second, nothing through two. They really cruise the rest of the way, and they take the opener against their arch rival, and they do it in convincing fashion. Still more to get to on Red Sox Review. Again, if you want to chime in, 617-779-7937. If you want to text us too, you can text us at 37937 as well. Back with more Red Sox Review right after this on WEI. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. There's the pitch. Swing. There's a shot hammered to deep right center field back by the warning track, and this ball's gone! Into the right center field, Bleacher's three-run homer, Yoshida. And the Red Sox lead it four to nothing with nobody out in the first inning. Can you
2: believe it?
1: That's how quickly things got out of hand for the Yankees at Fenway Park. The Red Sox offense jumping on Yankee starter Johnny Brito. Masataki Yoshida with a three-run home run, his 13th home run of the season, And that was the highlight from tonight's Nissan Red Sox postgame show. The blockbuster event of the summer isn't another action movie. It's the Nissan Thrill to Drive sales event starring the action-packed Nissan lineup. Better hurry. These offers won't get a sequel. The Red Sox offense, specifically the first four batters tonight, did fantastic work against the Yankees. They combined to go 11 for 18. The Sox had four in the first Three in the second. They end up winning this one by a score of 8-3 to over the New York Yankees. They continue to beat up on the Bronx Bombers this year. Brian Bayo, the winner as well. He went six innings and allowed just one run, one walk, four strikeouts. He ends up tossing 98 pitches, 60 of which for strikes. And he really wasn't hit all that hard tonight as well. Uh, 18 batted balls against him, only seven of which hard hit. He had a good mix of his pitches as well. The one run came against him in the bottom of the third inning. Otherwise he limited the damage pretty much the entire night. And uh, I mentioned this stat in our Nissan postgame show, but worth bringing up again, Brian Bayo against the Yankees in five career starts at 1.45 ERA. And that 1.45 ERA in a minimum of five starts is the lowest ERA against the Yankees in the live ball era, which is since 1920. So He's in uh, some historic company with Johnny Cueto, Clayton Kershaw, Matt Harvey, the three that follow him in that category. But still for Brian Bayo to rebound tonight, great that was great to see. That was one of my keys to the game for the Red Sox tonight is to see Brian Bayo get back to the form that we saw from him from April 29th to July 14th, where he had the fourth-best ERA among qualified starters in the sport. Last five times out, 5.93 ERA. He had been scuffling a bit. He'd been hit hard. Well, he did face one of the worst offenses in the sport. That's That's not even hyperbolic. The Yankees' offense is exactly that. But at the same time, he gets the job done. Six innings, one run allowed. If you want to chime in, 617-779-7937. Again, 617-779-7937. Joe Weil with you. We're going to take you up to 11-15. Mike Tazi uh, manning the ones and twos behind the glass here at WEEI. And uh, we have some sound from Alex Cora. Here's what the Red Sox manager had to say after this Red Sox 8-3 victory over the Bronx Bombers. What makes
2: Bayo so good against these guys? Um, he's good against everybody you know and um, i think we get caught up sometimes on you know three runs six innings you know and, and the lefties are hitting him all of that you know it's part of the progression you know he's still learning and he's good you know and uh today he did a good job on his zone after we got the lead and uh you know gave us six strong innings uh to put us in, in a good spot yeah probably a game like this all month where you kind of had an early attack and had a comfortable. I mean, we're, we're a good offensive team. Yeah. I mean, we, we believe that. You know, it just it hasn't happened. But uh, you know, if you look at the guys in that lineup, you know, hopefully it's the time everybody clicks at the same time and we we can go on the run. How did how you feel about being able to match up against another team with the lineup options you have and be able to. Kind we, of we feel comfortable. But, I mean, not having Duval in the lineup, Louis hits a grand slam yesterday, he doesn't play today. Tough league, right? But. Uh, you know, we decided to flip-flop, uh, Jaron and, and, Alex, and just kind of like give Jaron a breather, and Alex, you know, he's done it before, and he kind of like, you know, talking about guys that like playing here. He, he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right away, um, you know, gets double, Rafi stays on the pitch, um, JT the same way. We ran the base as well, the first, you know, the first two innings, and, uh, you know, it just kept going. We took advantage of an error too, and then, and, and, you know, we just, you know, Maza with a big swing. We, we haven't seen that in a while, right? But uh, uh, hopefully, like I said before, um, yeah. from top to bottom, we're, we're really good offensively. It's just kind of like get it tight together and, and, and hopefully, you know, this is the beginning of something great. Did that leadoff double set the tone for the whole night? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, well, we haven't been swimming that well mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. late yesterday. No, that, was, that was a, a good start, uh, although we lost the game. But um, mm-hmm. uh, doogie right away. Uh, double, Rafi, line drive, JT, line drive, and then the homers. So. Yeah. Yeah. We like this place, you know. The, the three-run homers, those, those are cool. How long were you guys at without the pitch coming? Okay. Um, so we tested it early on. <clears throat> there was an update somewhere, whatever, and then when they got to the bullpen, it wasn't working, we told the umpires, and then they decided to play it like that. There's a good chance that tomorrow we don't have it again, so we'll see. You know, we just got to make adjustments. Is that like an issue within the stadium? Or? No, no, no. I think it's a system. You know, it just happened that ours wasn't working. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Mas's swing. It seemed like you know his energy was good today. Though some of the swings were better today. <laughs> I mean, uh, that one was good. Uh, you know, like I always say, he he got the other way even when he's fine. When he's tired, or whatever, you know, he'll get down. But. In batting practice, he, he was driving the ball, uh, especially through a le- left-center gap, and, uh, and it felt like, you know, he was going to have a good one. So he got his first hit at Yankee Stadium, you know, finally. And, uh, you know, it was a good game for him. I think Whit was sharper today. Hmm? Whitlock a lot sharper today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I talked to him a little bit, and I said, hey, forget the results. You know, um, you know c i single, and then the fly ball to right is a homer. But, uh, you know, to be able to bounce back from two days ago with that stuff, I think it's a step in the right direction. You want to get him out to three, or where would you? How would you like? To, Not right now. I, I think, think two is good. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. We're good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that was Alex Cora talking after the Red Sox eight three win over the New York Yankees. I want to thank Bridget Pru and Chris Cotillo of Mass Live for getting us uh, that audio tonight and uh, some interesting stuff there from Alex Cora. Before we uh, head to the break, just want to follow up on a couple of things he said. So we actually had a texter. Uh, chime in about Garrett Whitlock, and and it pertained to that last question about getting Whitlock up to three innings, possibly uh, in relief, maybe working with that uh, with that amount of innings in a night. And you just heard Alex Cora say. Uh, we're not there yet. And the good thing, though, and as Alex Cora mentions, the velocity did uptick from his last outing against the Nationals. And, uh, you know, yeah, you look at what he he gave up. So blue pit to D.J. LeMahieu, and then Aaron Judge hits a home run to right that in 29 other ballparks would have been a fly ball out. But it's Yankee Stadium, so you go out to right field uh, and ends up being a two-run homer for Aaron Judge. Uh, that being said, his, his sinker velocity up from... His previous outing, so he was at 93 point, I think it was 93.8 if I remember correctly. Uh, today he was at 94.6 in terms of the average velocity on that pitch, which is good to see. And in his first outing, he had a little bit more juice behind it. So uh, he's now at that middle point. And again, I think there were a lot of things to like from him tonight. Uh, he had 18 swings against him, eight whiffs, and he strikes out five in two innings. Just the, the lone blow the two run home run by Aaron uh Aaron Judge in the eighth inning that just go to just went over the Yankee Stadium wall and right. Again, a home run uh that in other ballparks would not have actually gone out. But I, I thought the other comments on the offense were interesting too, and namely Masataki Yoshida. And uh, you know, w- we just talked about it a little bit before with Yoshida and getting some rest before getting into the middle match against the Nationals and then starting the final game in that series yesterday. But this Red Sox coaching staff, Alex Cora, knows that when this guy is not driving the ball, he likely needs some rest. He's probably in the midst of a stretch where he's he's showing some fatigue. And the stats uh, told you this story. So the last time he hit a home run was on July 25th. And then since that point he hadn't hit a home run at all. So he hit a home run on July 25th against the Atlanta Braves. That was a 7-1 win for the Red Sox. And that series was one of my favorite series of the year. But since that moment, since that home run in that game, Masataki Yoshida in 18 games was 13 for 66 with only four doubles and no home runs. So the Red Sox coaching staff very wisely noting, this guy's looking tired. Let's get him some extra rest and now he's driving the ball again, and he had a home run out to right center field that set the tone for the night. So did Alex Verdugo's leadoff double that was the first at bat of the game. He gets on at second base and the Red Sox are cooking right there and they end up scoring four runs. But it was Yoshida's home run, the big blow, uh that, that really allowed the Red Sox to create some distance right from the get go, made it a one nothing from one nothing game to a four nothing game, and the Red Sox were on their merry way. Eight three winners are the Red Sox tonight over the New York Yankees, and so with that, uh, they keep pace or they they actually gain a game on the Blue Jays. They are three back of the Mariners now for the third wild card spot. Mariners won two to nothing against the Houston Astros, so it's the M's in that third wild card spot. The Blue Jays a half game back of them, and then the Red Sox are three games back of the Mariners. So you know with that. You know, the the Red Sox, 40 games left, three back. It's certainly doable. They have to continue to rack up wins in New York, but at least they got one tonight over the New York Yankees. Final segment of Red Sox Review coming up right after this on WEI.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward.
0: Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to Red Sox Review on WEEI. Martin is ready. He delivers. Swing at a little flare left field. Yoshida's there. He makes the catch, and the Red Sox win the first game of the series. They beat the Yankees for the sixth time in seven games this year, the final Boston eight and New York three.
1: But when you need a win, who else would you call upon to close it out or at least get some big outs in Chris Martin? Of course, the Red Sox have Kenley Jansen that they can turn to at any point as well. But Chris Martin now one earned run in his last twenty-six appearances. That's twenty-three and a third innings. Easier appearance for him tonight. He did come in uh, into the game with runners on. Uh Brendan Bernardino give up two hits in the bottom of the ninth inning. The, the Yankees had a little something going on, but it was way too little and too late. Yankees lose eight to three. The Red Sox now are sixty-four and fifty-eight, and they are three games back of the Seattle Mariners. For the third wild card spot, the Blue Jay is a half back of the M, so it goes Mariners in the three spot of the wild card standings. Then the M's a half game back. The Red Sox three back with forty left to play for the Red Sox, and uh, hopefully they can stack up some more W's on this road trip. The way the Yankees are playing, it's an easier task than it looked on paper a couple weeks ago because the Yankees have now lost six consecutive games. They continue to nosedive and their offense continues to come up with mostly nothing. They got a two-run home run out of, out of Aaron Judge, but outside of that and then the one run they scratched across against Brian Bayo, nothing doing for the Yankees. So this is the time to to, you know, for the Red Sox to beat up on their arch rival when they're in a state in which they just can't hit. This Yankees team cannot hit. They are in the bottom third in so many offensive categories and It's rare for the Red Sox to have this type of situation come to the forefront where they can, season series-wise, really beat up on this Yankees team in a way that would be more difficult in years past. And you wonder for the Yankees. I mean, this is a whole separate conversation. How long does Aaron Boone last, Brian Cashman last? Do they both last after the year comes to an end? Uh, I would have to surmise that one of them, will at least be gone after this. For the Red Sox, though, they're still on the hunt with this win. Three games back, 40 left to go. If you want to chime in, 617-779-7937. Again, 617-779-7937. We're going to take you up to eleven fifteen here, so uh, feel free to get your calls in. Mike Tazi behind the glass, manning the ones and twos. And, and the Red Sox tomorrow have another opportunity to beat up on Garrett Cole. He's getting this start tomorrow for the Yankees, Cole's been awesome this year. I, I I know that's not, yeah, you think of Garrett Cole, you think of, Ker- you know, first you think of Kermit, right? But uh, because of his voice, but you, you think of 2021, you think about that start he had in the wild card game where the Red Sox beat up on him, frankly. You know, the Yankees are paying all this money for Garrett Cole to come through in those types of situations. That year, he didn't. Now, I'd argue it's 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 been a free agent contract that's worked out for the Yankees. He's provided them great value, obviously for a premium price, but he's been pretty good. Now, the only thing, though, for Garrett Cole, and when he faces the Red Sox, is he's got to deal with Rafael Devers, and this matchup is always so much fun to watch. 37 plate appearances for Rafi against Garrett Cole, and he— and and Devers has seven home runs against him, a 939 <laughs> slugging percentage. I am thinking about placing a little bet uh, tomorrow, maybe for the FanDuel bet du jour uh, on Rafi hitting a home run against Garrett Cole. Obviously, the odds will be plus there, but he's got such great success against him getting the ball out against Garrett Cole. And he's not the only guy. Alex Verdugo, 9 for 31 uh, against Garrett Cole, 581 slugging percentage. Uh, limited limited at bats for Tristan Casas but 3 for 5 and I remember when he took Garrett Cole deep last year in his brief stint with the Red Sox in 2022 so you have guys for the Red Sox that have experience against a guy like Cole and also you know experience in which they could really beat up on a, a top-flight starter. We've seen this from the Red Sox this year. They've competed well against good starters, starters and, and a lot of times when the competition is better, they rise to the occasion in a way that bad competition doesn't really bring that out of them. Again, if you want to chime in, 617-779-7937. Uh, some more texts uh, coming in. I'm going to go to one right here. Uh, a texter writing in, why do the Red Sox get out to a big lead and then they relax and only get a few more hits tonight unlike the Braves where they step on an opponent like when they won a doubleheader where they won one of the games they scored 20 runs that was against the New York Mets that was a, that was a real beatdown uh, by the Atlanta Braves and a, a, it's a, it's a fair question to ask about the Red Sox but the, the the truth of it is the Red Sox aren't the Braves now they did beat them you know recently at Fenway Park it, in late July and Uh, won the season series against them three to one, which is something that the Red Sox can hang their hat on that. They beat the best team in major league baseball, you know, three out of four times, but they're not the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves are the best team in the sport. They have the best record, best run differential offensively. They're the best team in the sport. Matt Olson, who knows? Matt Olson may make a run at Aaron judges, 62 home runs this year. I'm not necessarily predicting it, but it could happen. And then they have Ronald Acuna, who could put up a 40-60 season, which is just ridiculous to think about, but he is a unicorn type player. He's that good. They have guys, they're the envy of all of Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves. And and actually just to, to bring this back to the Red Sox in a in a way to compare them to the Braves and, and actually even tonight thinking about it, what I would love to see is the Red Sox to find a way to lock up Brian Bayo to an extension and Tristan Costas to an extension for the long term, and go the Braves route and what the Braves have been able to do. And they've been able to lock up their key players, buy out their arbitration years, but also get a fair value deal in that it doesn't hurt them in terms of a payroll side. So they're getting good value. The player in their mind is also feeling like they're getting good value because they're making more in some of those early years uh, that they would have by signing an extension. The Red Sox have an opportunity this off season to do this with some guys that, you can look at it and say, okay, this we can rely on this guy giving us production in the future, and I think Casas and Bayo are two guys that fall under that umbrella. Bayo, he's had a little bit of a rough stretch, you know, recently before tonight, but you look at the totality of what he's done, he's been really impressive, and he's only twenty four years old. This is a guy that you can pencil into your rotation for years to come. And and not only just pencil them in, you can pencil them in as a top flight starter. Maybe, a, you know, you think somewhere in that one to two range, maybe a three, but I think that's being pessimistic about what Bayo be- brings to the table. You know, I think he can be a John Lester type, a, a homegrown guy that you can look at as a two and then a one on certain days. And maybe the ceiling is even higher than that. I, I think there's a great possibility. It could be all that being said, you might as well try and get out ahead of it because the Red Sox, what we've seen over the last couple of years is that they let guys get to the end of whatever deal they're on or their arbitration years. And then they test free agency. The Red Sox decide they want to go in a different direction. Obviously, I'm thinking of Mookie Betts who got to the, you know, he had one more year left with the Red Sox. And then with that one year, they trade him to the Dodgers because of uh, not wanting to pay whatever Mookie wanted as an extension and then with Bogarts that that was completely mishandled last year and now the irony of it's the, the irony of that is that it might work out for the Red Sox because it's not as if Bogarts has been that great for the Padres and he signed for 10 more years after this year so you thought you'd get some production out of him here in 2023 uh, but all that being said yeah i think you have two guys like that Bayo and in, in in Casas that you could lock up long term and, and go that Braves model uh, and, and and keep them for the foreseeable future and also get them for fair value. And this Red Sox team is one that you you figure will spend next year. They have to because if you're going to be below the luxury tax this year, that's fine. I think we all thought that this was a bridge year in a lot of ways, and, and I've kept saying this, and it's, and it's played out, that my ceiling for this team was to be a third wildcard team, and that's still a possibility with being three games out uh, of the Mariners in the American league Wild Card with 40 left to go. But next year, that's when you got to put your foot on the gas pedal because you're now showing that some of your young guys, the guys that you thought could be core players, well, they're becoming core players and cost is what he's done offensively. Uh, you know, tonight he goes over for us so that this doesn't speak to it, what he did tonight, but he's the guy long-term you want to lock up and same goes for, I think, uh, you know, maybe not lock up, but Jaron Duran. Okay. He's a winning player. He's a guy and it's great to see him in the lineup tonight by the way. He goes over for four just like Casas, but uh with what he's been dealing with recently uh, putting on his social media accounts, you know, some struggles mental health wise and 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 thankfully within this Red Sox umbrella with Alex Cora, he feels comfortable talking to him about it and uh you know, he was back out there tonight for the Sox. But you have guys now that are that are competing and uh, are are showing that they can provide winning value at the big league level. And that's why next year, in my mind, is so important for where the Red Sox go. And they have a young core, too, so they're adding on to a young core. And uh, just looking at the rivalry here between the Red Sox and Yankees, and, and I'll finish on this note because we'll have to head out in a couple minutes, but. You know the Red Sox. I, I I understand when I talk to fans, when everybody calls in about the frustrations they've had. You know the disappointment with what Hein Bloom has done at times. I get it. I get it at times, and and I and I understand the frustration and and the impatience of where is this Red Sox team going. The only thing I can say is that you look at where you're at on the Red Sox side compared to the Yankees, and the Red Sox have all these young guys. Devers is locked up long term. You know you have Yoshida locked up for four more years after this year. Trevor Story is still in his prime. Jaron Duran, you know, he's in his later 20s, but is now really developed into a great player, and you're going to have his prime years. Tristan Costas, of course, in his full rookie season, super young guy, Brian Bay on the mound, young stud. Then you look at the Yankees. Aaron Judge on the other side of 30. Giancarlo Stanton on the other side of 30. Even Garrett Cole, even as good as Garrett Cole is, he is on the other side of 30, And the Yankees are essentially wasting one of his prime years in a year in which they're now 60 and 62. So the Yankees and then D.J. LeMahieu, he's had a brutal year. Uh, Anthony Rizzo with the concussion symptoms that he was dealing with, and now he's out right now. uh, Also on the other side of 30. This is an old Yankee team. This is the point I'm trying to make. This may be a theme that we see for the Red Sox for the next couple years, in which they're beating up on the New York Yankees just because of where the Yankees are at. But the Red Sox, they're in a unique spot because they're showing that they can win at times now, but if you add on to it in the future, the offseason, whenever it may be, this could be a team that really plays the bully to the Yankees in the immediate future here, next couple of years with where the Yankees are at, unless they find a way to rebound. But you look at some of the big contracts that they have on their side, not looking good for the Yankees to the Red Sox benefit as it was tonight. The Sox, a winner eight to three over the Yankees first pitch tomorrow coming up between the Yankees and Red Sox at one oh five. Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show starting up at twelve oh five. I'll have that. Joe and Will will be on the call for the game. Wanna thank Mike Tazi behind the glass. Awesome stuff from Mike as always. Thanks to the callers and Texters for chiming in. Give you the final one final time. Red Sox eight, Yankees three in the series opener in the Bronx. Game two of a three game set coming up at one o five tomorrow.